Hi, I'm Anthony, the host of my PhD Experience Podcast, a show that brings to you interesting insights about how to navigate graduate school, bag your PhD, and secure a postdoctoral position. Dr. Kudus for sharing your PhD experience and I think it's also very important that we you know talk to you about your post-PhD experience. Is it really worth it to pursue PhD? Has it been worth it for you? I know your own case is, is really it, it has really paid off. I'm asking you now to tell us briefly about your post-PhD experience. Has the journey been worth it? Yes, I'll say the journey has been worth it uh, because not, not only because uh, I was able to secure uh, a research position at uh, the most prestigious university in Nigeria, um, that's the University of Ibadan, uh, the History of African Studies, just right before, right before I finished my uh, research, you know, uh, I was able to, and I got into a program that was really uh, directly related to the things that I'm that I'm working on, so I'm uh, part of the diaspora and transnational um, studies uh, units within the Institute of African Studies. So that that is good uh, for me, and also the fact that um, uh, it allows me to also um, focus on other things uh, I, I, uh, that I that I also find uh, interesting, you know, family and things like that things that I've actually shelved because of PhD, you know, that I, that I put aside for, for years and years and years. So uh, I was able to also pursue that. But um, in terms of um, the what career- What are those things I, that you've put aside? What are those things that you've put aside? Yeah, I mean, you get, I mean, you, at times you get, you get old doing PhD, you know, so hmm. <laughs> getting married, uh, you have you have a woman that you've been with for years, and then she's been waiting on you, doing her own thing, and then hoping that in the end of the day, you get, you see this true, and then maybe, hmm. maybe um, well. <laughs> begin to, begin to, I mean, begin to look uh, at this seriously again, you know, hmm. Hmm. even though you have made promises, you have said, oh, and then are you going to, yeah. So that is there, and then um, getting married, having a kid, you know, raising family and things like that. So I think I think um, putting being able to lay the PhD uh, journey to rest, you know, uh, uh, has been a precursor to, to to doing other things, you know, that uh, also quite 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 important. I mean, not PhD is not is not is not all life is about right mm, absolutely uh, maybe just to say yeah. that um, for most uh, phd holders especially in our own part of the world opportunities are limited yeah many people want to do to get to secure fellowship positions to even secure job positions as well so but in your own case uh, you've managed to do all this so what would you say made you more competitive okay yeah i think I think I decided long enough, um, and I think that's also issue about preparedness, right? And starting early, 
I have a fellowship that I had in mind to apply to. So, and once I was done uh, with my work, it was the only thing I was targeting uh, because I'm also like, I'm also like a family person. I didn't want to up and leave and go for a postdoc abroad, you know? So I wanted to be in Nigeria to do my work so that I can also uh, be with my family, at least in the early phase of, of marriage, of my child upbringing and things like that. So I decided to, to focus on a postdoc that allows me to do that. I mean, I could I easily left, you know, but I didn't want to do that. So deciding early on what you want to do, you know, what's your best option. So don't like not approaching a postdoc opportunity as though um, that's all that like, um, like you just want to be somewhere, you know, you, that's, that's the, that's the terrible approach, you know, to, to postdoc because every year, every year, the tons of opportunity, postdoc opportunities out there, universities in Europe, in North America, they are constantly recruiting doctoral researchers for postdoc positions, you know, they were, they are constantly recruiting. So I knew this, like, this is enough, like, once you are ready to say you want to do this stuff, you just need to go online, check everywhere, you will see something. So it was a decision, deliberate decision to focus on a postdoc that I know I can I can I can deal with. What is and this postdoc? What is this particular postdoc? It's, uh, it's a ACLS, ACLS um, African uh, Humanities uh, Program uh, funded, funded by the uh, Carnegie, Carnegie uh, Corporation. In New York, uh, it's uh, a twenty thousand uh, dollars what uh, postdoc for uh, between ten and ten months and twelve months uh, to mm -hmm. be done. Uh, so, it's, so it's a really competitive uh, postdoc opportunity. So, part of what I did was to actually build on the research that I had done before. You know, mm -hmm. so because I felt that uh, uh, it's not enough to say you have done this uh, PhD. There's always some some gap that you can advance on based on your insights, you know, with the initial, initial, initial research. And that's what I did to actually build on my work. So my PhD focused on Nigerians, uh, settlements of Nigerians in China, how they settle in that place. But I also realized when I was in the field that people are also being deported, right? Mm. And then because most of the Nigerians in China are, are men, you know, I'm trying to look at how these men experience uh, or uh, deportation and what is their post-deportation life, you know, like, you know, in Nigeria. Mm. Because migration literature, most of what is available out there when you look at um, deportation issue within the context of Nigeria is to look at um, women um, who, have, who have been trafficked and who have been trafficked from Europe, you know, mm. to, and then all the kind of settlement program that IOM and a lot of other organizations are doing. But these men that have been deported back from Nigeria, how is their life, you know, how do they move on? And mm -hmm. how do they um, um, regain or maybe like resettled and then reintegrate themselves into, into Nigeria, given the condition for which they left in the first place. So that was what I ran with uh, in, my, in the work that I proposed uh, for my postdoc. And um, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, and um, in, in respect to that, I was also working on my uh, manuscripts, um, some of which, uh, have been published at the time I was applying. So there are things that I could point to. I could say, oh, 
for my PhD thesis, I was able to do this, I was able to do that. I have this much paper coming up, you know, in social time. So I think I, I, I made, that made a, conv a convincing case for, yeah. And I think okay. as a postdoc level, yeah, I think as postdoc level, you want to know whether you can publish independently, whether you have the track record, whether you have the capacity to, to also learn, you know, um, yeah. Oh, great. So maybe maybe just one last question for us to round up this episode would be to say, how do you present a winning um, proposal to, or maybe just to put it differently, what are these um, funding organizations looking for in a winning proposal for say postdoctoral fellowship like the, the one you're well, I, I mean, I, I mean, Tony, I, I know you would agree with me that uh, it's hard to tell the mind of funders, right? Mm. When when uh, you're applying for things and uh, you can you can never be sure exactly. But I think their minds can be read through the kind of calls that they put out there, you know. Uh, and and the calls are really are really critical to what you frame to propose. So. Mm. I think I think that is that is a major part of part of this um, issue, and um, uh, different fellowships emphasize different things. You know, some fellowships look at the promise of the of the scholar, so that means that if you don't have a lot of um, say uh, background in terms of maybe of winning stuff, they may consider you based on what you have presented there and then. You mm. know, that looking at this person has promises and all of that. So, but some want to look at okay. What has this person done? What has he won before? And then would it be as a predictor of success? So there are some um, like AHP, AHP uh, takes chances on people who may not necessarily seem to have that kind of say background or whatever, mm. because they promise in, in, in what you are proposing. So of course, like any other so-called um, fellowship that you might even beyond so-called postdoc, you know, it, 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 it boils down to everything that is supposed to be there, you know, issue about does it address their interests? If they have specific methodological requirements, does your work, you know, fit into that image of what they have? Uh, if they have, um, um, say, um, requirements regarding length of proposal, for instance, are you sure that you have adhered to these instructions? You know, if they have um, expectations around, so if they someone if they're asking you about your autobiography, for instance, you know, telling us about yourself, what's your motivation and all of that, have you presented a compelling story? You know, mm. are you you know that connects you seriously to the research you are trying to do? You know, so it's not enough to 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 say I want to do research also so and so. You know, how does your story link up to things like that? I mean, those that are reviewing your work would want to see that um, you're not re you're not like so you're standing aloof of your of your from from your work. So mm. oh, I think I think those things really matter. Mm. Uh, and of course, your your at least postdoctoral level, your CV still matters. You know, at the end of the day, you mm. know, what have you where have you published? Um, can we take a chance on on you? You know, things like that. You know, so there, I mean, there are all kinds of things. It's hard to say really. Yeah, maybe just to say that people want to invest in the win winners, winning candidates. 
So you have to prepare, and the journey starts from the beginning of your PhD. You have to be prepared. You have to begin to build that your academic pedigree or start or stand such that people can 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 take a chance on you and and, and invest in you. You have to take yeah, it so, seriously. Yeah. Um, Tony, I think another information I should have is that um, the AHP fellowship. Um, I also won. I won the doctoral fellowship. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I won it when I was doing my for dissertation completion. So I won it at the time, and when I was writing my when my application for the postdoc, I was particular to reference what I have done with my PhD award. Mm. Mm. So I, I link them to that. This is what I have done. This is how much I have done. And with what I'm trying to do now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do more. Mm. You know, and I think that, that um, is, a way to, is a way to build confidence and to convince um, your, 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 your reviewer. I mean, if I, if I had won it before and I'm not reflecting on that, uh, that, that, that would be somehow, I mean. Mm. So again, just to say that it's important that you tell the full stories of what you've done in all the applications. Make sure you've done something, yeah? Do something, attend conferences, publish papers, apply for competitions, win, win, win something, have a compelling story to tell. And at the end of the day, you become very competitive. And once you win one thing, the, door, the floodgates will open. You will win the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth. And if you've tried and you are still struggling to win one just keep applying you know mm -hmm. you're going to get a lot of no <laughs> in this our academic yeah. work and it takes only one year so nobody cares about all the notes you've taken so we are going to you know um drop it there and uh, and then again perhaps bring kudus to talk more because he has a lot more to say and a lot of other issues we're going to be exploring with him maybe in the future so post your questions to him and also to myself, and then we'll be responding, and then perhaps even have another episode to, to answer these questions. Thank you for listening. Thank you. And thank you, Kudus, for coming. Thank you for sharing your experience and, and, and taking time out to tell your stories. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.